This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 191, Independence Day, Resurgence. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. My name's Ben. Ben Avery. And who? I am... What? Who, who are you? I'm Ben. Ben Avery. Ben. Oh, that's right. We used, to, we used to podcast with a guy named Ben. Yeah, yeah. Long yeah. time ago. Now I'm just somebody that you used to know, aren't I? Yeah, there's a song. Yeah, yeah. I could sing it. I'm not gonna... I, I could sing it. Let's just move on. Somebody okay. that I used to know. All right, you sing Didn't it. have to. Uh, I don't know the words though. If it would not something. Okay. Um, I love that video. It's pretty cool. Never seen it. You've never seen that video. I don't think so. Oh, you have. It's really iconic. Really? Yeah. Well, as far as like a modern music video, yeah, they've got the guy singing, and his body is painted in like these different kind of jigsaw. Mm. Not, not really jigsaw, but different shapes, but different colors as well. And he's standing against a background with the same shapes and colors. So he like merges into the background. Huh. And then this the lady, I don't know, Keisha or something like that. I don't know who, she, who it is he's singing with. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> um, she steps in and she's also painted like that. And then they're doing things with the paintings and they're doing things with the shapes that are on their bodies and the paint comes off and just different things like that. Hmm. It's really neat. Huh. I have to watch it. Yeah. I'm Evan uh, David, by the way. Yeah, hey Evan, how you doing? Good. How are you? And you're Ben Ben Avery, is that right? I am. I am. Wasn't there another guy who we used to podcast with? I mean, I've been I've been hanging out with him for the past like three weeks. Steve McDonald, but he's, he's not, not here. here. No. Yeah. Yeah, he's not here because I believe he's not seen the movie we're going to talk about today, right. which didn't stop him for the X Men episode, but the X Men episode is trapped it's lost it's in the phantom zone yeah yeah it's you know we're gonna we're gonna unlock it soon sometime soon but you ever heard of a colonel panic a colonel panic colonel panic sounds like a wrestler colonel panic (laughs) i was thinking on your computer i was thinking like a a popcorn colonel so i was at a different mental picture hmm yeah, Colonel Panic in that case would be like you've uh, you've you put a handful of popcorn in your mouth and you bit down and there was an unpopped kernel in there and you bite right down on it expecting the softness and the fluffiness of a regular popcorn kernel that's been popped and instead getting hard and brittle and it's going to chip your tooth. I that was thinking 
Colonel Panic right there. I was thinking more like the Avengers are all squirrels, and that's instead of gems, Infinity Gems, there's the Infinity Colonels, and that's the Panic Colonel. Mm. Mm, that's what I was thinking. Anyway, what, what are we even talking about? That's what happened to my computer. <laughs> It was a kernel panic, and it means I have to take it into the Mac store because there is no way that I could find in some searches to take care of it yourself. Mm, it's a sad so thing. we might be looking at a expensive repair on that thing. So, but I need to do it. it has stuff on it, and it's my computer that works well and or worked well. And, and the X-Men episode is sealed inside. Sort of. I mean, there was some backup stuff that we could try and pull out of the time machine, but not as, yeah, it's not not the same. We'll see. We'll see if we can re rescue it. And if not, we will try and re restructure it, not re-record it, though. <laughs> yes. It was a good episode. It was. X-Men talk. And yeah, it happened while I was in the middle of editing it, which I don't normally do too much editing but right yeah there was a good portion of x-men talk in that episode there was about there was, the x-men there's some because yeah, well, that's what you call <laughs> x-men talk is is talking about the x-men so yeah it was good and it will we will find a way we will find a way my 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 hope is before episode 200 maybe we can get it out between now and then sounds reasonable we're, we're creeping up on that I know. This is 191. We got nine mm -hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. And one of those could be X-Men. That's right. That's <laughs> one of right. those just might be X-Men. And after that, we're going to reboot to episode zero. Oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be great. Crisis on Infinite Strangers and Aliens podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be awesome. And when we reboot, um, I am going to be old and cranky. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be old and cranky, and you are actually going to be younger. Ooh, and, and can I lose all my morals and be like a, kind of a jerk? Yeah, yeah, you, you can do that as, as long as you're 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be, so you'll be a jerk, but you'll be, you know, a young, refreshing jerk. Gotcha. Can so, I be a, will, will I be a clone also? Sure, if you want. I okay. was hoping you'd want to be, you know, uh, from another dimension. But, oh, that's better. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Steve, he's he's old and wise from another timeline. So he's old and wise about a whole nother world that it just doesn't exist here anymore. OK. You know, so he knows the other world. So he's, he, re he he's, remembers the prime timeline of Strangers and Aliens. Nice. He survived from the past 200 episodes. No, he just has memories of them. Oh, OK. Like trace memories. Yeah. yeah. I gotcha. So. That's what we're going to do, episode 201, when we start over at issue zero. So, of course, all of that has nothing to do with what we are here to talk about. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Ben, I think we're talking about Independence Day Resurgence. Independence Day. Yeah, man. Independence Day Resurgence, the sequel, 20 years later. 20 years later. Just like Jurassic World. Yeah. Uh, and Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Yeah. And Indiana Jones. Yeah. What other movies this year? Well, Indiana Jones wasn't this year. No, but, it wasn't. But these long term sequels where it's been just a long period of time between the last installment with those characters. 
And yeah, it's kind of this uh, resurgence of that kind of movie, I guess. I don't know. Ghostbusters. No, no, that's it's different characters in Ghostbusters. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we're going to do a road trip for Ghostbusters. Uh, If you show up at my house and force me into your car, I'm not going to fight back too hard. But (laughs) I I, I don't know if I would be up for that. I just don't. I am not interested in seeing that movie. But I'm being told that if I'm not interested in seeing that movie, that I'm a chauvinist. Mm. So I'm not. I don't want to be a chauvinist. I have three daughters that I love dearly. And how how can you be a chauvinist if Chris Hemsworth is in there? He's like a main character. No, you're a chauvinist if you don't want to see the movie. Anyone who talks bad about the new Ghostbusters movie is clearly doing it because it's a female cast. Oh. That's what I'm being told. It can't possibly be because it just doesn't interest me. Right. And I like that first one. Well, that's the way the world works, Ben. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about Independence Day, though. Okay. Resurgence. Independence Day resurgence. So how do you want to do this, Ben? Do you want to break it up into your quadrant thing? I think so. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. But first, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Where were you 20 years ago? Where was I 20 years ago? When Independence Day with no subtitle came out. Where were you? Did you see this in the theaters? Uh, no. No? <laughs> I got my grubby little mitts on a, I think it maybe was a sticker book or a magazine or something that had pictures from Independence Day. And that was the only thing I saw of this movie. And I saw the toys in the toy store. Like where you had the alien exoskeleton, mm-hmm. and you could push a button and it would pop open and the little alien would come out. And apart from that, I, I knew nothing. Because I was five uh, or six. Hey, I forgot about the exoskeleton stuff. Oh, did you? Yeah, we were watching it and I'm, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was really cool. Um, I, I had just watched this, uh, the first one, within the past year. Uh, we do movie nights at my house. And the the criteria for which movies we pick is one of my best friends comes over and he is like seen nothing. So we just I just mentioned a movie. He's like, no, I've never seen it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Okay, we're watching that. That's the next one. So he hadn't seen Independence Day. So in the past year, I watched it. So I, it was a good refresher. When did you first see it, though? Ooh, I couldn't tell you. I was probably... On, on video as a teenager oh, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, probably that. Uh, early teenage years. Okay. Probably. All right. Uh, yeah, for me, I went and saw it. I might have told the story on the podcast before, but I went and saw it in theaters with my wife. We weren't married then. It okay. was 20 years ago. We were close to being married. But um, the way I convinced her to go was she's a huge fan or was and is a huge fan of Harry Connick Jr. And one of our first dates, if no, it wasn't our first date. Our first date was something else. But before she and I started dating, she got tickets to a Harry Connick Jr. concert. And it was when he was touring with the She album, which was his funk album, which is really, really good. Great album. Love it. And still love it. Um, and then he did Star Turtle, another great album. Also funk, not big band. But when she got those tickets, she told my roommate that she had gotten those tickets. And I told him, I said, I'm going to go to that concert with her because she knew he liked Harry Connick Jr. and he was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to go to that concert with her, whether I have to start dating her to do it or not. (laughs) 
And then we started dating. And of course, I went to the concert with her, not him. Uh, <laughs> but that was like a couple months later because uh, she got the tickets way ahead of time. And so she loved Harry Connick Jr. And so that's how I convinced her to go and see Independence Day. I said, Pam, it'll be like Star Wars with Harry Connick Jr. in it. And then he dies a, a half an hour into the movie. Now, who, who, which one was he? He was uh, Will Smith's pilot friend who died. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Ringing the bell, sort of. Yeah, well, I mean, he's just, he's just one of the, the guys, you know, that they have the guys, and they're all you know, ribbing each other and, and all that kind of stuff. And But he dies early on. That's right, the guy he shares the cigars with. Mm-hmm. And she was so mad because <laughs> then she had to sit through this movie – and there was nothing for her to hold on to. <laughs> nothing at all. Like, at least if it had been aliens, 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 spaceships, spaceships, spaceships. If Harry Connick Jr. had been there, it would have been okay for her. But <laughs> she was very mad at me. Mm. Is this, does it still hold to this day? The anger? Yes. No, no. She's largely forgotten it. She's blocked it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, since then, we've seen Harry Connick Jr. a couple more times and in concert so yeah but then i got, I did watch it on video a couple times afterward um, i re- i've now remembered when i first saw it okay i was over at our we had friends from church and i was over at their house and uh their parents showed it to us and they skipped the part where the alien chokes out the president oh uh, <laughs> so they fast forwarded through that for us but we got to watch the rest of it so I was like, I was maybe like nine or 10, 10 or 11, <laughs> somewhere around there. Um, yeah. So it was a big deal when it came out and made lots of money. They've wanted to do sequels, I understand, but it just hasn't happened over time. Uh, I always thought the sequel should be called Memorial Day. <laughs> you know, like that they're mourning the loss and then of people, but then they have to pick up the fight again. They but, just release one every holiday. Yeah, yeah, you, you could do that. St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Well, you you want to have it tie in somehow. So, you know, Independence Day, clearly they were fighting for their independence, even right. though the aliens hadn't really taken over completely. But it's it's there. It's, mm-hmm. the, the idea is there. And yeah, so 20 years later, this movie gets made and we go and see it. You and I, we went and saw it together. We did. Yeah, it was fun. Ben had to take fun. some time out of working. Man, you working know, it, for the man every night and day. It was it was good timing. It was good timing for you and I to go see a movie. Uh, I needed a movie. I honestly did. Uh, I'd come off of two weeks of camp, which was great. You know, it's was volunteer situation that that my family does every year for the last. This was our ninth year doing this. We're wow. with John, Johnny and friends. Uh, my wife runs the children's program for one of their family retreats, and then I do the youth program for one of their family re- – well, same family retreats. We do two weeks of that, and it's the same material that we use, and, uh, but it's new families that come in for from one week to the next. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was great, but it's tiring. It was tiring. And then we came off of that, came home, and I had uh, a couple days of camp for my work at my church. Uh, the second, third grade camp, which again, great. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was run by my second, third grade director for my children's program. And this was the last event that she did with us. And it was 
you know, she went out with a real bang. I mean, she did a great job. It was still tiring, though. I did the teaching time, and I was running around helping her with the, everything that she needed. And, you know, she just kind of ran. She ran it, so I didn't have to do all of the, the planning and stuff, which she was good at. And, and I was good at just doing what she told me to do, I think. But um, <laughs> it went really well. And then I came home from that to uh, finish up our kindergarten first grade camp, which was a day camp that we just did yesterday. And it was, again, went really well, had some great counselors and stuff, but I was up, you know, late. I went into work on Saturday to work on stuff. I was there late on, on Friday to work on some stuff. And then Sunday stayed after church, but I knew I was not going to stay late on Sunday because I was coming home in time to spend time with my family and then to get picked up to go see a movie. Oh, yeah. And then I was going to come home, go to bed, get up the next day. And I knew basically I was going to stay from morning to night the next day, getting ready for camp on, on the Tuesday. But that Sunday night was my oasis. It was my oasis. And it was, well, we'll talk about what the movie was. But I just wanted something. I just wanted something that I could sit down relax, not have to worry about sophistication, <laughs> um, and just, just hopefully enjoy myself at the movies. And we'll talk about whether that happened or not, but that was my expectation. I was not expecting much out of this movie. I was thinking this could probably be the perfect kind of movie for me to just unwind. So that's what I was looking for. Okay. What were you expecting? I was expecting a baby. Yeah, yes. <laughs> My wife is uh, our due date is uh, in five days. No, four days now, I think. And what's today? Today's Wednesday. She's due on Sunday. So math. We're, 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 we're doing single digits here. The math is not. I know. I'm so bad at math, though. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> four days. So four days. she she is due in four days, and so she was due. <laughs> When did we go see that Sunday night? So, yeah, it was a it was. Week, week till. So it could yeah. have been at any time. So I told Ben, I said, Ben, uh, I'm really sorry if I have to leave in the middle of this movie and strand you here at the movie theater. Uh, but I will. <laughs> if my wife calls me and says, hey, I'm having the baby. Actually, I didn't say I'd strand you there. I just No, said, you didn't. I'd drag it, you with that, me. That part you did not put into your warning. No, I said... I would I would have for us to both leave because I drew be there, yeah. so I apologize for that. But it didn't happen. So and my warning to you was you might have to wake me up. Because yes, I'm really tired right now. So I was glancing over throughout the film to make sure Ben was awake. I don't think he fell asleep. I did not. I did not fall asleep. It kept me awake. No, I was glancing over because you kept talking. <laughs> Were you aware of this? Yes. You were talking to me. I I talk in the movies but i talk about the movie though no no so. you talk to the movie okay you're one of those people you're like oh no oh don't oh don't <laughs> oh man but it's quiet it's quiet that's the one thing the people behind us not quiet they no. didn't talk they didn't talk a lot but when they did talk it was not quiet at all and went on and on for at least seconds yeah but then they'd stop and there was there was time in between the the periods of talking but yeah it was conversational talking it was not like you're where you're just kind of verbally saying what you're thinking like yeah oh that's not good <laughs> i remember you saying that at least twice i can't remember if i if when i went and saw cloverfield we sat in the front row and 
I can't remember if I said all this out loud. I, I may have. But when the guy is like, they're in the tunnel and the things are stalking him and he's like, mm-hmm. turn on the light, turn on the light on the camera. I was like, no, don't turn on the light. <laughs> Whatever you do, just run. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you got to be careful, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, you you were... The, the baby was possibly coming. But what were you expecting out of the movie then? What was I expecting out of the movie? I was at least expecting it to be on par with the first one is what I was expecting. And uh, and that's kind of what I was expecting too, but our par yeah. might have been different. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so what, what are we doing now, Ben? Should we Do we dive into spoilers? Do we give our review? You know what? I think we're going to have to um, – let's rate the movie. Okay. Uh, and then we'll – play the spoiler warning how's that sound sounds good okay so how many let's do how many tentacles out of five do you give this movie choking tentacles out of five i'm gonna give it a two. Oh wow that's oh that's low okay two or a 2.5 wow okay Lean, leaning towards a two. Oh, okay you know i'm giving it and this might be too generous, but I'm giving it a 3.5. Okay. Uh, because it was what it was, and it wasn't pretending to be anything else. And it did what it set out to do, I believe. I don't know about that. Hmm. Well, we'll get into that then. Okay. But which one did you like better? Let's let's rank the franchise. How's that sound to you? <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, so out of all of the Independence Day movies, mm-hmm. Evan, which one... Well, let's go ahead and rank the whole series. I was going to just say which one do you like best and which one do you like worst. But let's go ahead and rank the whole series of them. Okay. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to put them in numerical order. Okay. All right? So which one did you like... Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to go... My f- second favorite, okay, of the Independence Day series. We'll start there. The number two spot, I'm gonna have to give to Resurgence. Oh, that's a little generous. And then the number one spot will go to Independence Day with no subtitle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's my rankings. I'm gonna okay, start. You gotta put them all in order, though. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you can't you can't do any kind of trickery or anything like that. You I got to, it. You have to rank all of them. All, both of them. Come on. At my lowest spot, I'm going to put Independence Day Resurgence. Ooh, wow. Okay. At number two. At number two. Controversial, Evan. At number two, I'm putting The Patriot. And at number one is Independence Day, no subtitles. Is this some some sort of Steve McDonald-esque joke? With the Patriot, is that probably right? because it has something to do with Independence Day because of the revolutionary ah, gotcha. war and all that. So anyway, uh, yep, 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 I'm there with you. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna take the journey, but I'm there with you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you like the original better? Absolutely. Far, yeah, and, far and away. You know, I think I like the original better simply because it's the original, and there was more heart and humor, and and Jeff Goldblum. Well, he was in both. He was in both. There was more Harry Connick in the the first one. There was also more Will Smith in the first one. A lot more Will Smith in the first one. Yeah, yeah. In the second one, they did have a photograph of Will Smith on the wall. They did. And and they had 
a family picture. A family, you're right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> there was a lot more Will Smith in Resurgence than in The Patriot, though. You, you can't there, there was there was a lot more resurgence because uh, the British only you know came once and we o- we only rebelled. There was no Will Smith once. in the Patriot at all. There wasn't no Will Smith. There was some Mel Gibson. Not even not even a picture. No. Or I guess a drawing. You're right. Maybe it should drop to number three. Yeah. No Will Smith. Mm. So. So there's who do you recommend this movie to? I'd recommend this movie to uh, people who like to watch DVDs um, and not going to the movie theater uh, because they'll like this one a lot better, I think, if they do it that way. I'd also recommend it to if you enjoy the world of Independence Day and you'd like to see, oh, what would it be like if that world continued? Well, then check this out. Uh and it does that well. Yes, yes. We'll get into it, but it does that well. It I does indeed. I feel like they've created a really interesting, potentially interesting, I should say, timeline uh, alternate history where what would happen if in 96 there really was this invasion and this, the technology of the aliens was left behind. It has some potential for some really awesome comic books. Except I've heard the comic books are not awesome at all. Oh, really? There are some comic books that take place in between movies. Mm. I heard they're not great. I, there's also a novel that I was really interested in reading when I found out that this existed. And, because it really does follow the characters between the movies okay. over those 20 years. Cool. Also heard it's not good. Mm. And, and yeah, there's actually a podcast that I listen to that does book reviews. And that was one of their book reviews. And as I was listening, I was thinking... Wow, I didn't know this existed. I'm going to listen to this. And then, oh, this sounds interesting with the plot summary. But then it's as the plot summary continued, it was just kind of, oh, this is not interesting to me at all. And the reviewer so, just this, the writing wasn't great. The story's not great. So. so much wasted potential. There was a lot of potential here. Yes. A lot. So. But for me, I think that anyone who likes this kind of movie, big explosions, quippy one-liners, and just wants something to pass time. And teen drama. There was some, but it wasn't teen drama. It was young adult drama. Yep. It was it was college age. Bringing in that bringing in that Hunger Games audience. Bringing in that uh... Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You're... <laughs> You're going right to Hunger Games right there. Yep. It, you know, it was definitely like your CW audience. Yes. They were going for with the new characters. We had our CW audience, and then we had your 90s sci-fi nostalgia audience. Because mm-hmm. Data was in there. And he had a much bigger role. In than this. the original. Yes. Yeah. Well, because the original was in the middle of the 90s. Right. So the nostalgia wasn't there yet. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But, but yeah, I I feel like this is definitely it's it's not it's not a thoughtful sci-fi. No, it's not. It's it's well, not, the first one wasn't either. No, no, and that's no, what I'm saying is is if you like the Roland Emmerich, uh, Dean Devlin, end of the world scenarios, if you you know if you like 
uh, if you like your big giant superhero destruction movie with no superheroes, um, this is this is it for you. If you like Man of Steel and all the destruction in that, but didn't <laughs> want to see people flying around without a spaceship, you know, this is more realistic because there's spaceships, I guess. But it's it's it definitely is exactly what it sets out to be for me, which is just a great big summer blockbuster. It is not trying to be anything uh, too sophisticated. It's it just is what it is. And to me, it did not fulfill that role because I thought they were they got lazy. But we can talk about it. We will talk about it. We're going to spoilers. Um, I'll just say now that my expectations were met. And when I sat down in my seat, other other than just the enormous amount of trailers, which I was getting really frustrated <laughs> with, I was getting really frustrated. I was just, get on with this. There were a lot of trailers. Yeah. But when they were done, the movie started, I was not bored through the movie. I was not awed by the movie, but it was perfect for me to just sit back, relax, and not think too much. Although there was some a little bit of stuff to think about. And when I was done, I felt, you know, I don't mind that I just spent six bucks on that. Which, yes, some of those of you who are listening are thinking right now, what, 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 what? Six bucks? Yeah. Evening show, six dollars. It's very nice. Deal with it. <laughs> so six bucks well spent for me to just relax, have my oasis, go home, go to bed, wake up for an intense couple of days of work. And it was it was just what I needed to. Yeah, I probably could have found something on DVD at home or on Netflix that would have fulfilled the same function, but it was still fun, you know, to go to a movie with a friend. So, yes, and that that's what made the six bucks worth it for me. Not necessarily the movie, but hanging out with Ben, going to see some aliens, even though the movie didn't quite do it for me. What you could say is we were a couple of strangers watching some aliens. (laughs) Man, you could say that it all comes together. Yeah. So let's, unless you have something else to say, I think we should play the spoiler organ and dive deep. What do you think? Let's do it. Although don't dive too deep because this is pretty shallow. (laughs) You might hit your head. Mm, That would hurt. Okay, spoiler warning. All right. So my quadrants uh, that I like to use when I analyze films or books or really anything that I analyze are plot style character and theme and that I find that you know some movies tend to heavily deal with plot or style or character or theme but I I also find these are some good ways to just kind of structure our discussion as we're talking about the different elements of the movie and so I'm thinking we could start with plot all uh, right which is which is not just the not just the storyline, but the story itself, too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot to be said about stuff that's not in the actual plot line of this movie because there is a lot of world building. Yes, and that was the one thing I thought they did very well in this movie was the world building and just crafting a alternate Earth history, like you were saying, where what if there was the big war of, of 1996, and this is 20 years after that. Yeah, and I... Whenever a trailer for this movie would start, I would always find myself 
thinking, what what is this? Why have I not? Oh, it's that movie again. <laughs> because I'm I'm looking at the tech and seeing, you know, it's futuristic. Yeah. You know, they have helicopters with no rotor blades. They just go. They just hover. Yeah. They just move and they move like helicopters, but and they look like helicopters, but there's no blades. And their spaceships, uh, fighter jets, uh, look a lot like the the fighter ships of the aliens. Mm-hmm. And, and they're on the moon. And they've rebuilt the world capitals that were destroyed. And mm-hmm. there's no more warring nations. Everybody is unified because we now know we have a common enemy. And there's been a war. Like, this is really interesting to me, is that there was surviving aliens from the ships that crash land from the ships that crashed which makes sense when you think about it that mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been just the very end of things uh it's very uh, reminds me a lot of robotech actually with the invid invasion uh but they the ships crashed there were pockets of aliens around the world this one place in africa where it's been declared a sovereign nation they fought the aliens for 10 years and didn't let anyone else into their territory. With machetes. Well, not just machetes. <laughs> not not just machetes. You're right. They're also known as katana blades, according to the... <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy who had no idea what the, he was talking exactly. about. Exactly. So funny. Yeah. So anyway, I I liked that. Um, I love the, the, the ship that they had in their land was the most intact ship and the idea you feel like the the world has been wanting to get in and see it and they aren't letting anyone in to see it well, because until it's, now it's the one ship that during the independence day 1996 movie apparently it's the one ship that landed on the earth it had already landed yes and yeah. we didn't see so any of this crash. yeah and yeah there's some interesting stuff there. They're on, we're on the moon. There's a, de- a defense station on one of Saturn's moons, I think was they said, or maybe it was J- Jupiter's. I think it was Saturn. But um, I mean, so we've we've done interplanetary travel with human beings, and it, it makes sense. It all makes sense. Now it all comes from reverse engineering, the alien tech, mm-hmm. and that that whole situation where you're just kind of watching. And seeing it play out, but but slowly they're revealing just more and more. What's the world look like? What's the world look like? And and sometimes not so slowly because we have several lines where it's just flat out exposition, uh, like the pres the Madam President's speech she's preparing, where it is is like the worst speech of all time because all it is is just exposition for the audience, and like she ends it. Like in a way that you would never end a speech because it's not a speech. It's just exposition. Well, but you know what it is, though? For me, that was setting up what ended up paying off for the president. She's not a great president. <laughs> like she's they set her up to make mistakes, really bad mistakes. And then they kill her off off screen. At least that's the impression you get. Yeah, they do. Um and I, I almost get the feeling that they kill her off off screen because um, that's her comeuppance. I mean, that she made a really horrible mistake at the beginning of the movie. And so at the end of the movie, horror movie style, you know, she pays for her sins. Mm-hmm. And 
And how does she pay? Well, the aliens get to her. And if she had not done what she did at the beginning of the movie, which was to order a strike against an unknown adversary, uh, an unknown alien craft that comes, and she orders it to be attacked, well, if she hadn't done that, she would have survived. Because that alien craft was not the evil aliens. It was the nice aliens. They're new. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. there's not just that nice alien. There's other aliens out there who are – they are basically freedom fighters against the Independence Day aliens. Who apparently are an empire that spans the known universe. Yeah. And, and Earth is a problem for them because – I, I guess we repelled their initial invasion, and so now they're coming back to, to get what they lost out on, and they're coming back with a bigger ship. A lot bigger ship. Yeah. A ship that spans the Atlantic Ocean. <sighs> when it lands, part of it is touching London, and part of it is touching Washington, D.C. That's how big it is. Mm. So, little, you know, I'm, I'm curious... Uh, you know, would that put the Earth off its axis? If that were to actually happen in real life, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it had but, its own gravitational field that messed with the physics on the Earth as it landed because it it pulled buildings and everything up into its gravity, and then when it finally did land, they dropped all back down in different areas. It's like they, uh, to me, it felt like they turned it on and off. Hmm. I, I don't know if they did or not, but that's what it felt like. But it, when it was coming across the moon, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Kind kind of. Yeah. And it's just interesting because, you know, we've we've engineered all these weapons and things to to strike back at the aliens. But, you know, when the big alien ship finally shows up, they they show a contrast, a shot where it contrasts the size of (laughs) our biggest weapon against them and their ship. And it is just microscopic. Yeah. Compared to the ship that they're coming in with. And. It's hard, you know, watching it, it was hard to kind of understand the scale of things Mm -hmm. because it's so big. Like, it's trying to give us a scale of something that we have no way of really comprehending because we can't see that scale. You know, we could stand on the moon and see that there's this huge thing on our Earth, but that's just because that makes, you know, on the moon, our Earth is small. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job of 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 dealing with that scale, but yeah, it's just they're so much bigger than the original yeah. ships that came and the first half of this movie I really liked. And then it kind of just turned lost... into Independence Day. <laughs> it just kind of exactly. It just lost momentum and then reverted back into the exact same movie as the first one. And I've, I've got a list here, which is probably not even close to a complete list of all the things that they just blatantly repeated in this movie. If you thought that Star Wars The Force Awakens was bad, no. It doesn't even hold a candle to this stuff. Yeah, but they they brought in new stuff. They did. Like the psychic connection that lingers, but that for some reason is actually it's not a warning of something bad that's going to happen or not a warning that they're coming closer. So that's why it's activating, but it's actually a, it's telling them about the good thing. It's a hatred for the, yeah, the it's kind of weird. Thing. 
yeah the the lingering psychic uh connections uh they were they were considering it fear like that was a symbol for fear and it was actually a symbol for a- enemy i think is what they said yep and so this good ship that comes and that's also new but that's something i had read somewhere that the good ship this is at the beginning this this round ship comes and does a face off with the weapon on the moon and doesn't communicate uh, and so they have to make a choice are we going to fire on them or let them fire on us if they are going to fire on us do do we do we do we give up the advantage of firing first and or do we wait and see if it's going to be good because and, there's evidence that it's it's not the same ship design as the other aliens right but it's an alien mm-hmm. and and so the president gives the order to fire and they do and they destroy the ship now they don't destroy everything in the ship because they're able to actually find the computer it's a it's a smaller version of the ship actually you know like the toy version i guess but uh that has the consciousness of an alien life form that ages ago uh, had turned to a virtual reality life so they exist as computer data in these computers that can kind of fly around the universe i guess and this is the last one of course we don't know any of that until later on when it gets activated but um for some reason it was that's that's just the one thing that that early problem why didn't it just communicate with them and they kind of address it because it's like, well, I didn't communicate with you because I didn't want them to sense that I was here or something like that. Like if I activated, they would know I'm here. Mm. But the thing is, why go in the first place then? If you're not going to activate so you could talk to the people where you're going, why are you going? <laughs> Send another ship with aliens who don't have to activate, who are part of your, you know. Collective. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of you know, a plot hole for me. Mm. But I did like this idea that day the earth stood still kind of idea of the alien coming. And there's a little bit of a showdown or, you know, like the, they're waiting, they're, they're staring at each other, uh, humans and this, this ship. And then we fire on our savior. You know, we, we shoot down the thing that has come to save us. And the day the earth stood still is a classic, classic movie for a lot of reasons. But that's one is that early on, he, the alien, comes out of his UFO. He's surrounded by American soldiers, and one of them panics and shoots, and shoots what seems to be a weapon out of his hand. Well, it's not a weapon. It actually was a device containing the cure to all known diseases. <laughs> and you know, the alien it's himself is a good guy, but they've shot him. And it's a great movie. You should go watch it instead of this movie. I, I would say that 100%. Yes. Yeah. No. If you want something that's going to make you think, if you want something that it hit, like all older movies, you know, there there is the element, it's black and white. and. Um, but the effects are pretty good. But maybe a little slow pace, you know, and, and maybe the acting is not as... I don't know, sophisticated is quite the right word, but not as um, realistic. Maybe it's a little more theatrical or or uh, 
stagey, but yeah, great movie. I, I, I cannot endorse The Day the Earth is Still enough. One of the most iconic robots of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Of course, I'm talking about the original. Yes. The remake was not as bad as I was expecting. I actually like that movie. Not yeah, as no, I, I was as much as the original, but I was expecting it to be pretty awful. And then I watched it. And I thought, no, that was actually kind of good. I had high hopes, Ben, because like that movie on just on a chance was like the only black and white sci-fi movie I'd ever seen. And I loved it. And so when they were making the, the remake, I was super pumped. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, there's that. I, I like that element. And that was apparently going to be the that was one of the original sequel ideas that they had earlier on, like right after Independence Day had come out, was that the, the idea of a ship coming and it's not bad, evil aliens. It's good aliens but we attack them and and i don't know how that would have played out uh the the interview i read with uh i think it was roland emmerich or however however it is um the interview i read with him was that they just couldn't find a way to make it exciting Hmm. you know to to be a good exciting sequel to what they you know consider a very exciting movie so that's there could have been some good stuff to it, but I, I like that we got those ideas here. So first, what, 15, 20 minutes of this movie, there's there's some good stuff going on. And, and it was enough to make me feel like I've, I've started you know, on a roller coaster and you're going up and you're wondering what's going to happen. And then you finally go down. Uh, I feel like, OK, now that we're finally moving, I like where we're going. This is kind of a fun roller coaster. And it was a good, I think it was a good 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, where did it go downhill for you then? It went downhill for me once the ship had landed on the planet Earth. The, okay. The giant starfish ship. Um, because then it really just does devolve straight into, um, into the, the, the previous movie. I mean, they they bring back almost everything and so that that's a side thing though because i feel like the movie lost all momentum um except for that you know where they fly the the spit the ships into the belly of the starfish ship mm-hmm. that was kind of fun but I, maybe it's after that because then it's just we're sitting around in our bunker and we're trying to figure out how to beat them and it's a lot longer than last time and you know, you've had 20 years, you've got all these weapons. How on earth are you going to defeat these guys? It seems like you're going to have to come up with some really weird or convoluted way to do this. And they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what they came up with. Yeah, and it just was not as good as the last one. And it was just, it, the whole it, the whole third act fell flat for me. So. Yeah, no, it, I, I'll, I'll say this. I was never on the edge of my seat. I was never in any doubt of what was going to happen, although I wasn't sure what, what was going to happen to the good alien. And you and I both thought the good alien might turn out to be, actually be a bad alien. Yes. Although we had different ideas. My idea toward the end of the movie was that 
the good alien was going to actually turn out to be one of the Independence Day aliens and be on their side. But your idea was actually a little better than mine. <laughs> Why? Because because we're in the spoiler section, so they yeah, yeah. they seemingly kill the queen. The queen has left the giant mothership, and she's taken one of the little quote-unquote ships from the first movie to go and destroy Area 51 again. And uh, they, they've blown her up. And so it just seems like a flat note to end the film on. And so I'm like, oh, there's got to be more. There's more going to happen. And... I thought the alien, the, the alien sphere, the good alien, would reactivate then and be like, thank you so much for defeating our enemies for us. Ha ha! Now we're the evil aliens! And so I thought that they were they would use the yeah. humans to defeat their long enemy and now turn out to be tyrannical. But yeah, and that, that could have been a good twist. That would have been a difficult twist at that point in the movie because there was not much time. That's almost more of a either a cliffhanger ending right which or, I, I love or a first act twist yeah um but that would have been a great cliffhanger ending but um the thing for me was when the the queen aliens ship gets destroyed finally and, and crashes or whatever um i thought that can't be it you know this is wow wow they just did this and this was really not much of an ending for me and then that wasn't the ending the the mother the queen dr- climbs out of the ship and then um is gigantic and then, and then we get a godzilla movie yeah <laughs> where godzilla is chasing a bus across the desert so, <sighs> yeah but it's judd hirsch and it's it's uh oh my brain is blanking jeff goldblum <laughs> jeff goldblum yes yeah. it's it's them you know, and, and we like them, right? We like them. We we do. We do. Just not in that scenario. <sighs> so, but here's the thing. When the giant ship lands, this is when you, you know exactly what kind of movie you're in. Because Judd Hirsch, Jeff Goldblum's father, he's he's driving his yacht. And, of course, one of the legs of the ship is going to land right by him. Of course, because yes. because movies, you know, it's the action is going to be attracted to the place where the actors are, you know. And so he's in that spot in the the, the ocean. And so, of course, it's going to land and, and he's racing a tidal wave in his yacht. And that's that's the movie we're in. And you can go with it or not. And you know what else this movie is? The, the movie we're in. This is a movie where the yacht is going to land in a city street somewhere and he's going to be just fine. You know, just him though. Just him. Everybody else is dead. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's fine because he was in a yacht when the when the wave came through. Now they did they killed off characters though. They did. They killed off Will Smith's wife, which was weird. Yes. Cuz her son her son's one of the new main characters. They killed off the president, like we already said, and the entire cabinet in a much more personal way than just blowing up the white house this time mm-hmm. um who else did they kill off was that it well will smith was killed off off screen um <laughs> he died in a test flight 
And they yeah. just off the cuff, they just mentioned yeah. that. Okay, great. Then there it you is. know, you know what we need to start calling this? They cyclopsed him. Yeah. They cyclopsed him. Killed him off. This, Cyclops they, got a better send off than Will Smith, though. No, no, no. no. You, when I say you cyclops someone, you have killed them off off screen and done so in such a way out of spite to the actor. For not wanting to be a part of the movie. For not wanting to be a part of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's basically you're saying, you're not going to come back? Fine. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a stupid death. <laughs> and and I'm sure there's other examples. This is, this, you know, thinking about it right now, the, I can only think of these two right now. But I, I know that there's more. I mean, we'll, we'll come across more, I'm sure. But that they cyclopsed him. Hmm. <laughs> So, or maybe we could go more mainstream and just say they will smithed him. They will smithed him. No, well, maybe we'll, that's what we should. But, but Cyclops is the first place where I remember it. Being, yeah. And, and it was a big deal when it happened because, as we talked about before, oh, wait, they haven't heard that episode. <laughs> we did in X Men Apocalypse. You'll hear about, about it. <laughs> uh, talk about, you know, which franchise would you rather be in, you know, and, and who, you know, who slighted who when, when. Was it James Marsden? Is that his name? Yeah, I think so. Went, went, you know, instead of being in the X-Men franchise, went over to the Superman franchise, which didn't take him anywhere. But yeah, they, they cyclopsed Will Smith here by giving him just a stupid death and off screen. Oh, you know what? I just thought of an example. Alien 3, which I'm not sure if you've seen or not. I've not, no. Okay, well, Alien 3, they kill off a couple characters from Aliens who survived. They survived the whole movie. Huh. Well, before Alien 3 starts, they've killed off <laughs> two characters who you're just like, wait a minute, I like those characters. I was glad they survived that movie, and you're saying they just died between movies. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, Claire in Heroes Reborn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, you could say she was Cyclops, yeah. although she didn't die stupidly. She no, had, but she they, still died they, off screen, though. She did, but they tried to give her death purpose. Yeah. They tried to honor her character. And that that's the, that's the big thing. is You're not honoring Cyclops. You're not honoring Will Smith, or the Will Smith character, anyway. Uh, you're, you're not honoring Will Smith by doing this, but by, by doing that to the character and making a point of it. Like, <laughs> not he died in battle. Not, yeah, not he died of a bad disease or something like that. He died in a test flight. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we move on to the from the plot quadrant, I just mm -hmm. I want to mention these things that I noticed that they just are copying straight from the first one. Can I give you mine and then you can do your list? Yeah, let's do I it. I only have one that I want to say before you do your list. Okay. And that is that we still use a compatibility of human technology with alien technology <laughs> to win. So it's not, it's not specifically, you know, an operating system. It's just, we can replicate your signature, your RF signature with one of our own devices. And it's kind of dumb. Inconvenient. Everything hangs on it. And I just, I, I do feel like there's a little bit of techno babble going on there to just make you accept it. Just go with it. And yeah, but I was willing to go with it. I was the mood I was in and it was the movie that I was getting was the movie I was expecting. 
So, sure, go for it. All as right. long as this is not going to take us like 18 minutes. No, it shouldn't. Okay. So, in the words of my friend Ben Avery, hey, if you liked, did you like the flying in the <laughs> alien spaceship in the first movie? Well, then you'll here it is. You'll love it again. You'll love it now. Yeah. yeah. If you like the part where they wave to the alien through the window inside the mothership and the aliens look back confused. Well, hey, here it is again. It's it's back again. If you like that part where the president is in or the guy's in that foggy room and the alien grabs him by the neck and shoves him up against the glass and he starts talking through the president, well, you will love this movie because they literally do that exact same scene. It's the same fog. It's the same president. It's the same alien. Um... If you like presidential speeches, we're going to try to bring you that again and fail. Yeah. But we're going to try. The presidential speech from the actual president was that exposition you were talking about. Uh, Bill Pullman gets a speech that no one hears except for like three people who are standing around him. And it's okay. It's a pretty decent speech. It is, but it's nowhere near as good as his last one. Well, and they keep reminding you about the last one. It's yeah. one of those, hey, remember the speech that he gave? Well, we're going to let you see parts of it again and again because it was important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you like the desert salt flats, don't worry because we've brought them back again. <laughs> If you like Area 51 and tinkering in Area 51, well, here it is. We've brought it back again. And if you like a giant spaceship slowly and ominously approaching Area 51 on a radar screen, guess what? It's back. It's you know what? I'll, I'll give them this one, though. <laughs> I'll give them the Area 51 because that's where they do all that research. And why was the alien ship coming to Area 51? It was coming not to kill the people there, but to get yes. the other alien there. It makes sense in the plot. They made it make sense, but it's still – they're doing the same thing. If they had not done all those other things you're talking about, I don't think you'd be complaining that they're doing this again. Maybe not. Because you're making a list of all the things that they're doing again, and this is one that makes absolute sense if you like kids traveling across a destroyed country in a car to area 51 you're gonna like this movie also because we we brought it back and we've put it in there uh there's probably more but uh yeah there it is yeah yeah they do they do they they do a lot of the (laughs) hey remember this and now we're doing it again. Yeah. And it's not just that. I mean, they, they – I'm not going to say they rip off a lot of movies in what I'm about to say. That's not exactly what I mean. What I mean is they rip off a lot of tropes. They go to a lot of tropes. Like the tough guy who earns – or who, who gives grudging respect to the nerdy guy because the nerdy guy did something heroic and brave. Right, right. You know? I mean that's that's a cliché. And it happens here, and I did not want it to happen here, but it did. I mean, um, and we just get we get a ragtag cast group of characters that were thrown in there together, so we can have some comic relief and all that. But I feel like the only ones that made a real lasting impact was that the the African king guy, and uh, like they throw in they give Jeff Goldblum a girlfriend, and they throw in that well, who is he like an accountant guy? 
who's following yeah, Jeff yeah. Goldblum. Well, yeah, he's he's. I don't know if he's an accountant, but he's definitely a bureaucrat. Yeah. 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 And then they, I was trying to decide if I like this or not. Cause I feel like they kind of did some, I guess it's not just close encounters of the third kind, but just this idea of getting these trace messages from space mm-hmm. that are vague warnings or, or something. And, and that's not just close encounters of the third kind. That's just the one that I, I think of, but yeah, but I'll, I'll say this too. One of the things that endeared me to this movie was not the nineties vibe. Although there was some of that, you mm-hmm. know, with, with all those, I was getting an eighties vibe and I don't know why. I, I think part of it might've been the music and part of it might've been, you know, feeling like those like V the, the original miniseries or, you know, those other, you know, those disaster movies of the late seventies and, and in the, in the eighties there where it's, I don't know, just big and sprawling and, and definitely the stuff that independence day was now I, I, again, Roland Emmerich did an interview where he's talking about how independence day was something that got copied so much after it came, you know, all of a sudden everything was, was independence day and, you know, Avengers was ripping off independence day and man of steel was stealing from independence day. I don't think that that's necessarily true. It's just independence day was the one that came along and did the huge disaster with the special effects that allowed them to go even bigger than a lot of places. A lot of movies had had gone before that. Uh, I I really don't feel like, Oh, independence day is this groundbreaking movie of destruction and that everyone was going to copy after it. No, someone else would have done it and would have done it pretty quickly. Uh, if independence day had not been in production, it would have happened with someone else about the same time. Independence Day just happened to be there, right place, right time. But I, I, yeah, I don't know if it was the music or if it was just the plot points or the plot elements or the way, the convenience of things. I, I don't know. But I was getting this kind of 80s vibe and I was feeling nostalgic as I was watching this. Not for Independence Day because that's not uh, – Independence Day, when I saw it, I, I recognized as, you know, this could be like the Star Wars of this generation. But then I think someone else pointed out to me that actually like Star Wars was the Star Wars of that generation. Yeah. So one was right, right around then too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, you could see where with the first independence day, they were trying to be Star Wars. They were trying to be this, you know, popcorn action thriller, huge blockbuster movie that I'm not saying they're ripping off Star Wars directly. I'm just saying they were trying to have that. Yeah. Uh, impact. And I would say they succeeded in being that giant blockbuster popcorn movie. The first but it one. never became the franchise. No. That Star Wars was. Although. But it's a pretty significant standalone film, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. And I I can't help thinking, you know, timing here. Um, when the 20th Century Fox uh, fanfare started playing, I'm just thinking to myself, wait a minute, are they doing this because they've lost Star Wars? <laughs> like, are they doing this because, hey, what sci-fi franchise do we have that we could bring back to the big screen to try and capitalize on nostalgia and Star Wars? Yeah, and we have a setup for a third one. Oh, absolutely. I think they're planning, 
I don't know if I read this or if I just made this up in my mind, but I think they're planning for like another trilogy here or not another trilogy, a trilogy. Like if, I'm wondering if we're going to get resurgence and then two more movies out of this. Oh, okay. One where I, I would imagine the middle one would be, they take the fight to the aliens. And then the third one would be defending earth again as the aliens are, you know, going out for revenge. You know, you beat us on our own ground, but now we're going to bring the battle back to you mm. kind of thing. I don't know, but yeah. And, and what a weird, I mean, they, they open the universe up. They, yeah. You know, it's not just, Oh, here is an alien civilization that's coming to our civilization. No, the alien civilization has conquered multiple civilizations, but there are remnants of those multiple civilizations that are, have formed a rebellion uh, against this evil empire. It's almost like a corner of the empire. Like if you're thinking Star Wars, you know, mm. it wasn't a long time ago. A corner of the empire just happens to touch our world. And oh, then, you know, I like, want to see that movie. And then we go out and, and help them to destroy the Death Star <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it just it feels like that's the kind of thing we're going to get. And the second movie can't be a rehash of these two movies. Of, of the first and and the and the resurgence, then the second in this trilogy, if they're going to do it as a trilogy, they're bringing in other races of alien. They're have, they're going to go to that secret rebel base planet and hang out with all those aliens. Yeah, and I think it'd be cool. That's that's kind of more like what I wanted to see, you know, in this movie because we talk about you know the alien ground war, um, that you know the aliens who survived the first. Man, what a cool movie that would have been. I know, that's what I'm saying. I would have loved to see some of that. But no, I'm just going to rehash of the first one. No, it's 20 years later, and, and if there was an alien ground war going on for 20 years, that would just be unrealistic. Yeah. And I, well, they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't have to he make said, it. said, talking about Independence Day resurgence. Yeah, yeah. They can't do that. That just wouldn't be realistic. It would be realistic. That's impossible. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, style in the quadrant. There's not much to talk about. I mean, the style is the same thing they've done in how many movies with, with, uh, Godzilla, with Independence Day, with, um, Jurassic Park. Uh, well, I'm talking about specifically these guys. Oh, okay. Uh, Emmerich and Devlin, um, 2012. Um, oh, there's, there's a couple others in there, but where they're just, they're blowing up stuff. And blowing it up bigger every time with better special effects and different, you know, possibilities. Well, you know, here's something that I, I thought was really cool. Um, I there was no discernible difference to me. Like the transition between the effects in the first one and this one are seamless. The aliens look exactly the same, but yet you know they're using more advanced techniques to make them look a little bit more realistic. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's no. To me, there's no difference. I mean, it just was a perfect transition. When that, I mean, when that alien has the tentacles and he's shoving the president up against the glass again, and then he's like comes out of the suit and the guy chops his head off or whatever. I mean, it all just, it was just, it fit perfect for me. Like you know, when you watch Jurassic World, you can tell that yes, they've updated all the special effects and everything looks a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, but with this, I felt like. 
it, it was the same, but that didn't attract it <laughs> for me, you know? Yeah. I, again, going into actual style, it felt like the movie they were trying to make, you know, they were trying to make this here, you know, we're going to, we're going to blow up stuff big. We're going to have characters say things that are slightly inappropriate for the actual situation. <laughs> you know? So much levity in the face of worldwide destruction. Yeah, but that was the first movie too. Yeah. You know? Well, no, see, I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like that was the case with Data's character because he's just kind of insane. But Will Smith, he you could tell he was being funny just to keep himself from going insane because everybody's dying and he almost died several times. But but I don't feel like there was ever like I don't know. I felt like the humor that he was evoking in the first one was more stress induced. And these guys were just more like, Hey, we're just cracking jokes. Cause that's what we do. Cause we're awesome pilot people. Mm, but Judd Hirsch was doing it too. <laughs> I mean, he's anyway, it, the, the humor in this. Yeah. I, I did not get the impression that, you know, if we don't laugh, we're going to cry. I, d- I didn't feel like that here. Right, right. Where they're, they're trying to say funny things because if they don't, they'll, you know, they just can't handle what's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then the characters themselves, I, again, kind of going into that world building and time moving on and, and that kind of thing. There, there was some decent stuff. I like Bill Pullman's character. I didn't like his arc necessarily. I mean, that just, eh, yeah. The president. Yeah, I mean, you knew he was going to die, especially when um, they came up with a plan that needed a pilot, but it was a suicide mission. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you realized... By the way, again. Yeah, but as soon as you realized that was going to happen, you knew he was going to do it. And it was another situation, though, wasn't it? Because in the original, wasn't it um, Randy Quaid? Yeah. And weren't his kids there? In the base, yeah. To see him die. Yep, and so was... And so was the president's daughter right there to see him die. Yeah. Um, You know, if he would have lived, he could have become the president of the whole universe. He could have. That would have been awesome. President of the universe. There's something right there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I said, I like the African king warlord guy. He was a cool addition. Because he had been fighting aliens, you know, with his bare hands all his life. Mm -hmm. And he had a person, like... An alien had personally, physically killed his brother, so that was a like a kind of a deeper connection. I thought. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually would have liked to have seen more of the movie wrapped around him, where he's he. I, there's so many characters. Yeah. And so each character is getting kind of their own moments. Um, but if you were to pick a character to just make the movie be about, he's the most interesting. Uh, to me, he, yeah, his his arc, and, and then, you know, the Bill Pullman, I like him. I wouldn't have minded if if the movie, like if it was just going to be a, a ninety minute movie about a guy going through what's happening to this world. The the African warlord, Bill Pullman, maybe Brent Spiner, uh, probably not. <laughs> um. Um. I really, I really thought they mishandled Jeff Goldblum's character in this one. Why? I just, I mean, in the first one, you were just engaged with him the whole time. 
because he's the only guy who really knows what's going on. And in this one, they all recognize that, but it feels like they, it kind of gives him the backseat to all the other characters. And he was like one of my favorite, you know, he's one of the reasons I really wanted to go see the movie. Because mm. after I saw that Super Bowl commercial where he's selling me apartments by singing, I mean, <laughs> I just love that commercial so much. <laughs> yes, a whole movie with Jeff Goldblum as the main character. All right. No. He's done some good uh, genre stuff. I mean, he's he, Jurassic Park, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Independence Day, The Fly. I've not seen The Fly. It's a difficult movie. I've heard that. Uh, I don't know how much you would enjoy it, but yeah, it's it's gross. Does Jeff Goldblum play the piano and sing in it? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't. It's been a while. I don't remember. He breaks the guy's arm, and it's really disgusting. Oh. And he turns into a fly. <laughs> it's really disgusting. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard about it. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I don't know if we're gonna ever do a fly retrospective. But I wouldn't mind. I like all three of the original fly movies. Is it a retro movie? It's you know, for the movie missions. Yeah. No. Okay. No, that's not one I would force on you. Okay. No. no. But Flash Gordon, you would. Yes. <sighs> yes. But my criteria for wanting to force a movie on you are not to make you feel really uncomfortable and grossed out. Just to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Mission accomplishment. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. All right, oh. so we hit up characters, we hit up theme. Well, we haven't hit oh, up theme. We, we didn't do theme, we did style, that's right. No, no, with theme, there is some stuff going on here. I mean, you've got the the idea of, uh, you know, first strike, you know, and, and striking first before someone else gets a chance to attack you. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and there's moral implications there that... Uh, if they had been able to continue that idea throughout the whole movie and somehow also been able to give you all the action and and one-liners and stuff, uh, this would be um, gotten a much higher grade from me. I I mean, I'm giving it a passing grade because it was good enough for me to like it for what I needed to see at the time. But um, if they had been able to get into some of the thoughtful ideas of of that kind of thing, there's some... There's some food for thought in there. Uh, but then also you get the idea of, you know, looking on the outside and judging from, you know, they, they judge that alien based on the ship, you know, that this ominous ship was, was approaching and not talking. <laughs> they would have just talked if that ship just would have activated itself and said, hey, guys, look bad guys are going to come now because I just activated myself, but I really need to talk to you about something (laughs) or sent an emissary. Like why couldn't that alien have just sent an emissary, find the most humanoid looking aliens in your rebellion, put them on a ship that had, that's broadcasting messages of peace and make sure there's no guns on that particular ship. Well, and we don't know how we don't know how much the good aliens knew about earth. Before they showed up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. They knew that the they knew that the bad aliens were coming to attack them. But wait, if you're going to a place with a to try and talk to someone who might be an ally but might be a threat because you don't know much about them, do you go yourself? <laughs> I mean, really, good, good question. <laughs> Where, you know, if there's some island that would rise up in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and it's it's a whole it's a whole culture. And we don't know who we're not going to send President Obama himself <laughs> to go right. and talk to them. I mean, they might ask for him and then we'll figure out, do we want to send him or not? But no, we're not going to send him. We're going to send an emissary who speaks for him because that's really foolish. Right. That that alien creature put itself in a lot of danger. The more I think about it, the more that's just kind of uh, but it doesn't it doesn't negate the and di- yeah and didn't the alien say she was the last of her kind yes <laughs> yeah yeah uh, like so not only are they yeah not only are they running and or it is running in a, a rebellion you know it is in charge it is holding all the stuff of his own culture and then she comes and she yeah yeah i mean so then, yeah, you would add to it that, you know, President Obama is the last uh, or the only um, superpower mutant or something like that, where he has laser beams in his eyes. And but we're going to send him. No, you, you don't do that. You don't do that. You, that's our president, you know, and and uh, we want him to, you know, we elected him for the eight years. He gets to he gets to live through his term. We're not going to send him into a place where it's dangerous and foolhardy to go. So that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but, uh, there was another theme idea that I had as we were talking, but I, I, I lost it and it wasn't that great yeah. because the movie just doesn't give you that great of a theme. Yeah. I haven't been able to think of any good. Oh, oh, I remember what it was, but it, it's something that, um, the Daily Earth should still did a lot better. And that is the idea of, you know, a savior coming and, and killing it, <laughs> killing the <Yeah>. savior. <laughs> so, although we don't kill her, she survives to the end, but we tried, but we tried and then we put her in danger. Yeah. But that by is being, by being stupid. <laughs> that's a great biblical theme is not recognizing your savior when he appears and killing him. Yeah, and then there was some family stuff going on, and that was kind of nice um, with the the two uh, not brothers, but they were acting like brothers because they were both orphans together, and and then a lot of you know family members getting killed. Mm. Yeah, and then a dad sacrificing his life. Yeah, but it's all cliche stuff. It's yeah. not. I mean, all the stuff we're talking about is. Stuff you'll find in better, better movies and done in better ways. So I'm not saying go to this one if you want to find some meaty thematic sci-fi ideas. Um, I'm just saying I enjoyed myself. There's a there's a theme of obedience in that when your maker and ruler calls you to fly in a tornado like pattern around her, (laughs) you stop what you're doing and you go do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't call it a call, so much as a mind uh, control. Mind control. Yeah. yeah. 
this is this is something that no one had any control over. I mean, why put pilots in those ships in the first place? Because the ships that the humans were piloting joined the swarm. Right. So it wasn't like the aliens were in those ships because they needed you know, you know, individual free will thought to really drive better. You know, it was just, eh, you're in there and, and you're going to die. Who knows, Ben? Because, yeah. But I am interested to see where they go. And I did like the world that they created. Yes. The Godzilla stuff at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hated that it fell like, you know, 10 feet away from the bus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. But it was it, funny then because they, they have the, the sl- slime slime on the windshield. Yeah. And then they use the windshield wipers to clean it away. That, that's funny stuff. You know, it's not in, you know, it's not sophisticated funny. It's not um, it's not I'm going to laugh out loud funny. But it was, hey, I'm here and I'm ready for a fun movie. Give me something that at least feels fun, even if it isn't really fun. <laughs> The whole school bus part is just ridiculous. <laughs> like, he, the school bus is just fly, driving through the salt flats. They call him over. Oh, it's my dad. And then they get a, it's <laughs> Then they kill the alien. And then, like, now Jeff Goldblum turns around and he's like, oh, hi, I'm Jeff Goldblum. Let me give you the science lesson. And I'm a. <laughs> they just. Now it's a. Yeah. Now, now it's like it's a tour through the, through the Museum of Natural History. And I will say. I will definitely say there was a lot of what I consider the cardinal sin of storytelling. There was a lot of, of coincidence. <laughs> yes. But that's, again, it's to be expected. You know, oh, I'll, I, I'll find a bus. Oh, we'll drive to Area 51. Oh, we'll just happen to pass by my son. Oh, we'll just happen to meet up with this guy. I'll just happen to meet up with that guy. Oh, we'll just happen to be at this place when this happens, but because that's the best possible place for us to be, for the story to do what it needs to do. So, yeah. There was also moments when it wasn't coincidence, where it was like, okay, Brent Spiner just happens to wake up now. Why? Because the visions are waking him up, you know? Right, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good, good explanation. The rest is all just Lois Lane stuff. From Man of Steel. (sighs) Independence Day Resurgence. I do not necessarily recommend anyone run out to go see it. But if you're in the right mood, I'm never going to watch it again. (laughs) I'm just not. I bought the first movie to watch before I went and saw this one. I did not have any time at all to see it. But I'll, uh, uh, I'll probably watch this one once more. Well, if they do a sequel, I may watch it again if they do a third Independence Day movie. I will probably watch it for Monday movie night since my friend probably won't see it. <laughs> well, have fun with that one. Yeah. Well, that's that's my my review. That's my thoughts. I would agree with that. Wouldn't recommend running out to see it, but if you feel like it. It's a it's a sci-fi summer movie, and it's passable. <laughs> yep, and I gave it a passing grade. I don't know what I gave it. You gave it a two point five, but 5. leaning towards a two. Yep. 
So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't call that passing. Not not on the tentacle scale. Anyway. Well, what did I get? I gave Civil War a three three point five. So did you? I did. Oh man, that was my initial grade. I don't know. I have to watch it again because remember, it affected me. Oh, that's right. You didn't like the whole. Yeah. I just did the fist to my to my heart thing. <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. I heard it. <sighs> All right. Well, you have any final thoughts about Independence Day? Resurgence. Ah, uh, I mean, if you like movies where the good guy at the end of the movie crash lands in an alien spaceship in the desert and then walks away from it and his love interest runs to him and jumps onto him and begins to kiss him like the first movie, you're going to like this movie. Because that happens. It does. Again. It does. Although the girlfriend does take on some of the Will Smith stuff in walking across the desert with her flight suit half off. Yes. You know, uh, I was reminded of him with that. And no aliens get pulled through the desert in a parachute. Yeah. That does not happen in this movie. You can only find that in the first one. So there's that. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I'll leave that to my final word. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks for listening, though. And uh, thanks for, you know, if you've seen the movie and, and liked it better than we did. Uh, although I liked it. I liked it. I mean, I, I did. It was a movie. It was a movie. There are movies out there. And this is one of them. Yep. So. And I went and saw it with my friend. So. <laughs> So I, I do want to say just thank you for listening and uh, let us know what you thought. And uh, beyond that, all I can say is I finally get to say it. Listen to those other two episodes and I, I appreciate you knowing that I would probably cut out if you said it. <laughs> well, since it happened once before, I kind of caught the drift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you for listening, everyone. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at strangeandalien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening.